0: mean old lion media where black and brown voices truly matter hello 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 and welcome back to another episode of a whole mood so last week we talked about all the messiness that is love is blind i was gonna get out of the whole reunion thing because the reunion was just a hot ass mess within itself I don't know what Netflix thought that they could do but they weren't able to complete the assignment this week's guest you know it's a LA friend by way of Wilson you guys remember Wilson from the shift episode this friend we clicked the first time we hung out and we began like establishing this whole Sunday brunch situation we were the Sunday brunch crew and through our time, we ate, manifested, laughed, convened at our magical hangout spot, Blind Barber in Culver City. And then, guess what, y'all? She left us, and she moved back to her hometown in Houston. Yes, she did. And you know, I think we always had a commonality because Wilson Hughes from New York, and even though I lived in New York for a significant time. Me and this friend, we were both Southerners, so we understood the assignment when it came to leaving the South, moving in various places in the U.S., making our own, but she loved the South, and I don't really can't find it, but everybody, <laughs> meet my great, great friend and Southern native L.A. friend, Megan. Hi. How are you, also, Megan? the South loves you. Oh. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah? How's Houston treating you?
1: Houston has been great. It's been good
0: to be around family and up the street from family. Okay. I miss you, though. I really do. I miss you, too.
1: I know you won't move here, but visit me.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm anticipating some things, so I definitely have to see Texas. So let's just talk about it. Let's really get into it. So let's talk about this snooze fest reunion from Love is Blind. And just talk about all the what the hell moments that was happening because that's what this episode is called. What the hell? (laughs) And so the first what the hell moment, we were promised a live show child yes so what were your thoughts overall about the show and then also netflix thinking they are able to broadcast live like who they thought they was still trying to figure out who they thought they were mm-hmm.
1: the overall season i thought it was entertaining a lot of things that i could not do but it was very entertaining to watch other people go through i love that like for what for me <laughs> I do not know if I could have told that man yes after being his second choice when he had the opportunity oh, to pick me Oh, poor
0: bliss. First. Yeah.
1: That could be ego, though. Okay. I'm a little bit strong there, so my ego wouldn't let me say, yeah, okay, let's give this a go. Let me marry you.
0: Yeah. You know. I guess you, it's one of the things you got to experience it to know it. I don't know yeah i think you definitely got
1: experience you know what
0: (laughs) and i feel like they would make so much money if they create a speed dating experience similar to love is blind Mm -hmm. you know i think people would subscribe to that if the cameras was taken out of the experience absolutely like they would make so much money i think this was the best season apart from the first Mm -hmm. season the reunion was boring the reunion was very boring And I
1: really don't know why they were trying to do a live show. You don't have the infrastructure for that. Netflix, like that's not your lane. Everything pre-recorded.
0: Exactly. I I was like, okay, I'm already anticipating they're going to have technical difficulties and it's not Mm going to start on time. Like I already kind of knew or had that mindset. Like they're not going to start on time, but I didn't know that they were just going to cancel it all together and then just say like, well, I know we promised you a live show, But we lied. I didn't know that that was going to happen.
1: He was like, JK. Right. I I feel like this has been a learning lesson for them, right? Like, they learned Mm -hmm. a big lesson. Mm -hmm. But I hope the next time they try to do something live, they just pre-record it ahead of time. That way they have something to air. Versus just having everybody
0: anticipate what the heck is going on so. right yeah because we was waiting a good three hours i end up watching it on tiktok
1: oh did you shout out to that person they are patient okay
0: and i promise <laughs> you it was like fifty thousand people thanking that person oh yeah, she was getting her tips that day
1: i bet she was uh, oh my goodness could you imagine doing that mm-hmm, <laughs> providing okay. a reunion for
0: everybody else. hello okay so they first started out with brett and tiffany and i although i feel like they skated real past brett and tiffany i don't feel like there are any what the hell moments and of course i'll give you the floor Mm -hmm. and ask your overall opinion about brett and tiffany since of course you're here and you're a guest i know they were probably your favorite they were my favorite
1: (laughs) (laughs) no hesitation there i really love how old they were Mm -hmm. because i feel like these shows typically skew younger and it's just like is this person really looking for that life partner at 24 years old, yeah. I feel like that's a little questionable. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated that they were both mid-30s and it actually worked out for them because I feel like it can be hit or miss, right? Yeah. So to see them like pull through the whole season because I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop and I was like, nah, somebody's going to do something weird. Yeah. What are y'all going to mess this up? Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen and it just gave me so much hope. So yes, love them, a fan of them. Hope they're really happy in real life and that it works out. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. As we carry on, instantly, like, they segued into Chelsea and Micah with them having their dichotomy of essentially fighting Mm -hmm. for Kwame. And so the question is, do you believe Micah was sincere in her apology to Chelsea with her attempt to intercept her and Kwame's relationship at that pool party?
1: No. No. But I don't think much is sincere about Micah. Mm -hmm. Nothing, like, it just didn't give genuine at any point. Also, I just didn't like, it's probably weird to say, but the way she behaved just kind of was a reflection of, like, what you would get down the line with her. Yeah. It's like, mean girl, but then victim when it's convenient. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. If you're gonna own something, own it fully and actually, and don't just... I'm sorry if I hate when a person leaves an apology like that.
0: Yeah, I definitely think she was trying to save face. I think she was then trying to transfer some of that energy over to Paul, making Paul look like the bad guy. And I think mm-hmm. as it relates to her and Chelsea, I didn't really think too much about it because I guess I didn't think too much about Chelsea and Kwame for real. Like, I thought that they were, like, trying to push a narrative for themselves, but they seemed yeah. very genuine at the reunion. I will say, like, Micah, I, I never would have saw Kwame and Micah together anyway. Like, I wouldn't think that Micah would even fight for a Kwame as it relates to Chelsea. No. To me, he never seemed like a type.
1: No, I think when it comes down to those two, he was way more into Micah than Micah was ever into him. Mm -hmm. I don't think they would have made it to the end, like, even if they would have matched with each other or chosen each other and gone through the whole engagement, proposal, all of that. I think she still would have said no. Chelsea and Kwame, as a whole, I feel like the reunion is probably where they seemed and felt the most genuine. Because mm-hmm. throughout the season and the show, Chelsea and Kwame, it felt very forced. Like she was trying too hard to keep his attention. Oh, yeah. He seemed like he was barely there, which to see them at the reunion, see them interact. I guess being together in that way and like after having spent so much time together you would have a more genuine and like natural flow and how you carry yourselves and interact with each other. Watching them throughout the season was cringe. It was. It was very hard
0: for me. Yeah, she was very much a pick me to the whole experience. Mm -hmm. During the reunion where I began to see their relationship crystallize when she began to talk about her actually finally meeting his mom and his family over Thanksgiving. So I want to ask you, how would you feel meeting your spouse's mom after marrying your spouse?
1: That would be weird. Okay. Um, I would be really intrigued. But why? <laughs> I guess also because I'm really close to my family. I'm really close to my parents. I couldn't imagine being comfortable enough to go through and saying yes to somebody. Knowing my parents have never, even if they met them and they didn't click, at mm-hmm. least just knowing that they've seen this person and seen like just been around them to experience. So I would feel away going to Thanksgiving yeah. dinner and being like, "Hi, <laughs> hi, mother-in-law." <laughs> How are you doing? This is so lovely to meet you. Mm -hmm.
0: Nah, would not be a fan. And I know it's a lot of Nigerians in Houston, honey. How is it like a custom for Nigerians to not... Meet the person that yeah. they're gonna marry.
1: From my experiences, it's very rare, okay. Especially like if y'all are in the same country together, mm-hmm. it's very rare. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are like the only person in the states, I've seen that situation where it's taken years before they finally meet, but chances are you didn't come for much, and so getting your whole family over here would be too much work. But yeah, more well off folks.
0: And folks that are living comfortably, like, that wouldn't be the norm. Okay. Well, they went from that into bringing Irina on. Irina then started with her whole monologue apology in regards to, what was it, being a mean girl in the house. So, what did Mm -hmm. you feel about Irina and her long-winded fake apology? And literally, people started laughing, like, as soon as she started, because she did that little... (sighs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, she had to do the...
0: To make it seem real. To make
1: it seem real and to get them tears going in the background. Because, you know, they love a good cry moment. Right. Yeah. So I think that's part of why it had to be long-winded, too. So she could, like, muster some tears Mm -hmm. (laughs) to make it real. Especially when she got down to talking about, oh, dude. I thought it was interesting that they gave her that much time. Mm -hmm. Like, especially since it ended up not being live, you know? At least when they should have had enough time to edit it down. That's all I'm going to say she
0: didn't deserve that much time yo to fake apologize well, she talked all of her time that she was allotted because i promise you that girl <laughs> was spinning around in circles trying to scoop up some level of like credibility in everything that she was saying like her and micah i feel like throughout that entire reunion they were literally saving face like the whole time yeah. like i don't believe that they felt they were doing anything wrong. They were living in that moment. I do believe that Irina Mm -hmm. was coming up in that house and she didn't take the experience seriously. Mm -hmm. I felt like she thought that she had the short end of the stick when it came to making that connection with Zach. When she saw Zach, she wasn't -hmm. wasn't attracted to him. If he was attractive, then she would have committed to it. That's how I feel.
1: Oh, you're absolutely right about that. You could just see it in her body language. Like as soon as she turned her body towards him after he proposed and it was just like, girl, that was your out. That was your moment to say no yeah like actually change of heart Irina and Micah they are is it Irina I don't know the baby's name <laughs> they were saving face watching it back with everybody else you can kind of probably realize like oh that was really terrible and I feel like that was their true behavior because at no point did anyone say well you know that was just how production like kind of made us out to be right it's just like I feel like that that's
0: really who you are like, yeah so what did you feel about her apology to Zach
1: like why bother I just (laughs) it was terrible it was terrible she tried to take some ownership very small ownership I guess to kind of seem like like you said save face but girl it was long winded and terrible Mm -hmm. it can't be both Mm -hmm. give me long winded and you know what I might kind of believe
0: you and yo Vanessa and Nick was on her neck because I think it was Nick that brought up the fact that she had made a statement and was like I was ready to leave you when I saw you. She had literally told Zach that. So how would you feel if somebody told you that on that experience?
1: Oof, dang. <laughs> I mean, my feelings would be hurt, yeah. of course. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm a pretty attractive human you so like, excuse me? Pardon? You're talking about me? Right. But then I think I just would have gone from offended, feelings hurt, to just straight up mad yeah. because you say that, but in that moment you said yes, you were wasting my time. You knew you were wasting my time from the moment that you saw me. Yeah. If that's how you truly felt, mm-hmm.
0: well, she ain't waste no time wasting his time because definitely in Mexico it was a dub. And so with that said, she also DM Bliss after seeing him and then text him saying that she dodged a bullet. Yes. And so yes. even with that, it was like, girl, your apology is not warranty. It's not right.
1: <laughs> I'd rather you just stay ten toes down on it and just be like, "This how I feel."
0: Correct. Even Micah's reaction to Arena hitting on Paul what were your thoughts on that
1: I feel like she was so pressed about Paul's reaction to it that he had no reaction at all yeah. I thought that was just really odd she says she was hurt by Arena, but it seems like she still had an issue with Paul out of that whole interaction and I'm just like girl focus your energy elsewhere the girl you were being a mean girl with is clearly a terrible human
0: that's what it seemed like what was Micah's whole thing with Paul because how can you not be mad at your friend knowing that you dating this person you giving all this person your energy and you're supposed to so-called be married to him and so with Paul hitting on Micah's bridesmaid do you feel like something was there
1: I tell you what he tried to make it seem like it was an innocent tap that was an intentional tap you think so I ain't never had to pass by nobody and then like I mean I guess maybe it was an innocent little pet like oh excuse me but I don't know Alon I have to rewatch that yeah, moment
0: I was shook if, it's a little cringe right because I, I think I was more so focused on the bridesmaid's reaction because her face was kind of like <laughs> like it was giving like <laughs> okay daddy like that's what it was giving right yeah. <laughs>
1: So it's just like, I don't know if that's one of those, like, oh, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable, nervous laughs, or if that's like, a, I could be interested. <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, because I thought that he Mm. wasn't getting along with none of her friends. I didn't know what to make of that. But Paul's statement of Micah not being a mom—now, how did you really feel about that? Do you feel like it was a misunderstanding or no?
1: I feel like that was a misunderstanding. Okay, and I feel like he chose his words poorly in that description, as far as like not being able to see her as a mom. Because I really think the issue was more so him just like questioning whether or not he actually want to be a parent. And then if he could see himself being a parent with her, I feel like to kind of make it seem like mm, you would make a good mom. I feel like that was a bit of a reach. That was an exaggeration. Yo,
0: and she, she was sticking to it. She wanted to feel that victimization when it came to that phrase. I definitely feel like it was a misunderstanding and it was a very mm-hmm. poor choice of words, but I didn't want to make excuses for him because it did come off like really bad when he said it. So how do you feel about Zach stepping in to advocate for him and he was just simply telling Micah like you just coming for blood on this reunion just to make somebody look bad because you getting all the heat. You
1: know that Zach he's a weird guy but he's loyal and consistent. Yeah and smart.
0: <laughs> he's so good with his wife. Yeah. I-
1: Appreciate that somebody was just trying to have Paul's back because I feel like so often on that show too, like the guys can easily become like big bad wolf in the situation, and it's just like sometimes couples just don't work out. And I don't think anybody was really surprised that they didn't go the distance and actually get married. Yeah,
0: and threw a little bomb and dropped the mic on it when he revealed Irina's pillow talk rumor about. Micah not even planning to marry Paul. Vanessa went down the line. She was like, who said that? Like, did you say that? Did you say that? And then Irina was like, well, I did hear that. So what did you think about that?
1: (laughs) Listen, they messy. She has no regard for anybody. Okay,
0: None. She love a good gossip. Is anybody surprised by anything that that girl does? So who do you feel was wrong between Paul and Micah? Mm,
1: I honestly don't know if I feel like either one was wrong as much as they just were not a good fit for each other i thought it was really odd that she was so much like his mom
0: a lot of people are saying that i get
1: some similarities but that much
0: <laughs> yeah nah. all right well let's get to the meat and potatoes of it all so as we know some people didn't show up to the reunion and jackie and josh being one of them so what are your thoughts on jackie not being involved in the reunion
1: I think she's whack for that you're okay with saying all of this and not having to hear anything back from this person but you had so much to say and so many things about him where he couldn't defend himself right there in that moment with you i thought that was kind of cowardly for
0: both her and josh yeah. to do that yeah i think most specifically for her and i do feel like it was a slap in the face for marshall because he made a good point where like throughout the entire experience including capping the reunion he was slighted from that whole thing because he wasn't actually able to make a joint decision. The, the decision was taken from yeah. him in some degrees. Vanessa was very easy on Jackie when it came to them questions. It was almost like she was licking her behind, yeah. like, the whole time. It was like, yeah. oh, where well, you living your best life? Like, go you. I'm like, girl, no, she is not completing the assignment. I think
1: that goes, like, to what I was saying about, like, the guys automatically, like, getting the, most of the heat when it comes down to the couples not working out. And... Clearly, Jackie made that decision for the both of them. It was just a lot of smiling and cheesing. No holding her accountable for her part of, like, why it didn't work out. I don't feel like that was an opportunity to ask all the questions we were really (laughs) curious about. And it was just really fluffy. That
0: wasn't cool. Yeah, she was just gawking over her and Josh in which we found out they was living together. So you have any thoughts about that?
1: Living together?
0: Yeah, they are living together. They moved in together.
1: Ooh. You know, you know power to you.
0: (laughs) Couldn't be me. (laughs) Could not be me. And I said this last episode, I was like, they are so much alike. I feel like they communicate without saying really much. They say a whole bunch of silly shit. That's just how I see them.
1: They're childish.
0: What do you take from Jackie's statement that Marshall wanted the ring back because he wanted to marry somebody else?
1: I feel like that's a really bold claim. And maybe That's just part of one of those things where it's just like, we haven't seen all the footage. Because we only know Marshall because of Jackie. Like, we don't ever see him talking to anybody else in the footage that they provided. But why do you think you should keep a ring? Is what I didn't understand. Oh, wow. Why are you so hell-bent on keeping it? I was confused by that. Okay. Because to me, it would just be a constant reminder of something that didn't work out. And she said she still had it. That's it,
0: Under what stipulations would you say keep the ring and under what stipulations you would say, I don't need this ring, you can have it? I feel like in order to keep it, you shouldn't be the one saying
1: no and walking away from the relationship. I personally don't know why you would want to keep it. I feel like to me it would carry disappointment. So for me, like, if it didn't work out, I don't want,
0: like, a physical reminder of that. So what would you do as an alternative? Like, would you sell it, or would you just absolutely just give it back to the guy?
1: Well, you know, the Capricorn in me is like, sell it, get some money for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that is an option for me, if, it's just like... You, Usually that's you what people like, do. Nah, do. Yeah, it.
0: they appraise so, and yeah,
1: sell I, it. I would do that.
0: Yes. <laughs> Okay, well, quickly. do you feel Marshall was slighted from the Love is Blind experience?
1: Yeah, I do. Just because he didn't get to have the moment. The way he found out about it being over, he was getting fitted for a tux. Yeah. And he was just like, dang, you
0: really thought she was about to at least go down the aisle. And then get her to say no, just go through the whole experience. Yeah. I wouldn't now, have went through that trouble. I feel like that was just not smart on his part. Like, if you knew it was an absolute nightmare... And you knew this girl was problematic to where you said that she was a project and you just saw the potential in her and she wasn't really giving you much. Why would you put yourself through that? I would not want a wedding then my family to come to this whole experience knowing that it's going to be a train wreck. Why would I put people through that?
1: That is a really good point yeah i completely forgot about him talking about her being a project i don't know how either one of them decided to move on after that you think she a project and i would be looking at him like you think i'm a project <laughs> you think i'm a builder lady no nah, sir no gone all
0: that was wild what are your thoughts on his derogatory comment in response to her calling him gay
1: i was kind of shocked by it
0: all like oh, do you think that he's gay
1: but I think that he's gay. You didn't get I would not be surprised. Oh. I would not be surprised oh. if, if there's some fluidity there. But <laughs> and that,
0: <laughs> What gives you that notion?
1: I don't know if there's anything in particular. I just how do I put this? Because I don't know that there's not that there's anything in particular that I saw that's just like, oh, that makes me question it. I just feel like he's probably a little bit aware of himself to know that sexuality can be fluid. And so I don't feel like he would struggle a lot if he found himself finding another man attractive.
0: Mm-hmm. I wonder what so. made her think that he was gay. Mm-hmm. Just from her personality. I just saw that She kind of is a toxic girl. And I feel like her definition of masculinity or what a male should be is uprooted in a toxic manner for her to believe that this man is absolutely straight. Like he got to be a damn near tool for her to be like, right. Yeah. I would be okay talking to this man.
1: That's all I could think like throughout the whole season. It was just like, you're not used to being able to have Mm. a conversation to where like everything is always like a big blow up it, you just tell that from her like how she would respond to him she it seems like he wasn't ever like gonna blow up and they would have a really big argument yeah that they could recover from it really blows my mind that people want to be in relationships like that where they feel like the louder we are the then we are just really passionate about each other those are always interesting folks and i say that because like you can't resolve the situation without having a blow up
0: yeah this
1: is weird how are you okay with living your everyday life like this
0: right but. okay so even with that said knowing that Marsha was kind of like the sensible one and and whatnot for him to go back and do a jab and say that she was damn near transvestite, like, what?
1: You kind of expect more from him, right? Like Correct. You just walk away from yeah. the situation before feeling the need and comfort to go there. Mm-hmm.
0: But we can move on because that was pretty much the entire episode. That's how boring that shit was. But in more exciting <laughs> news, this week was definitely a what the hell week in regards to the news that resurfaced based on Brian McKnight's newborn baby that was born earlier this year. It was like a long captioned photo of his son about, you know, his son being his main heir, his namesake, and the joy to his eyes. And people are kind of like, three months later, like, Mr. McKnight, I believe you're a senior already. You've already popped out a Brian McKnight Jr. You can't have two. That's not how that works. It's not your duty. You've already done your job. Now you have to wait for a grandchild to be a Brian McKnight. That's not how that works. And so then people then go on the actual, the first Brian McKnight Jr.'s page and then see that there was a bit of turbulence when it comes to the McKnight family in general and he damn near disowned all his goddamn kids. Oh. Yes. And then it goes from that to Brian McKnight then going on live to explain his stance. Now, now here's my thing. I do believe where there's one side of the story that I'm willing to hear what the other side and the justification of what we deem as fishing. Mm-hmm. And so what I got from what Brian McKnight said in his statement in regards to his relationship with his kids, what he said was it was kind of like a Lucius line type of situation where it's like, you know, I've created success, and through my success, I wanted to be the best father I can and provide my children with what I didn't have. And by doing that, I feel like I handicapped them to feel that they felt like they had to live off of my success throughout the entirety of their life. And in doing so, I realized I've become that crutch for them and they need to be actual functioning adults out here. And mm-hmm. by giving them that platform to become full functioning adults, I've then paid for their rent for two years. I said, You got to find you a house. You got to find you, you know, what you're going to do or whatever. Created the platform for them to create music careers if that's what they wanted to do. But as Mm -hmm. an alternative, he said that his wife was also a great catalyst to him keeping his relationship with his sons because she works at some hospital or whatever. And so she offered a job to his sons at the time to work at the hospital and do something there. They didn't want to do that because they said we smoke. So we wouldn't be able to pass the drug test because we smoke and we like to smoke and we not stopping smoking to get a job. Some people also argue, well, what about your daughter, Brian McKnight? You literally just pay for your daughter's mortgage or beach house or something of that matter. So how do you go from paying rent to giving somebody a whole house? I don't know, but you know, dads and their daughters, is a whole nother different setup. And I, and, and honestly, to the degree of what he said. There is some validity in it. Where he became out of order is like all of that stuff that he was saying about his new Brian McKnight Jr. Is that baby's his name?
1: Is he really a junior? Junior. So
0: the only difference between the first junior and this junior is he got a little bit of Samoan, Hawaiian middle names in there. He got a a lengthier name.
1: I'm still on this whole naming choice. Why would you do that? It's kind of disrespectful. You already got one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just like you don't count no more. He had
0: the picture. And, and this is what I've learned. So, the mother of his two sons, from what people say, if he gets into it with the mother, then he basically almost damn near disowned the kids, too. So, he cheated on their mother with the daughter's mother. And then the current wife of the two sons ended up taking in the daughter as if it was her own, regardless of the infidelity. That's what had happened. And now he on his third wife, or I don't know if he ever got married to the second one or not. But now that he's on his third wife, it's like now he disowned all of them prior to, and he accepting his third wife's kids that is non-related to him, as well as this newborn heir to his throne.
1: Wow. That's a lot. He up there in age. So this is really interesting that he keep having kids. The number of children he decides to keep having, this owning kids, to take in, <laughs> a whole family. If this don't work out, you're not going to know them either. It sounds like therapy because this sounds like some real deep rooted ish. Well, you, you don't want to ever know peace?
0: I believe that was very narcissistic of Brian McKnight to name yeah. his youngest son Brian McKnight. Like, why do you keep naming your children Brian McKnight? That do not make sense.
1: It does. It's very narcissistic.
0: It's giving narcissists. Well, let's Mm -hmm. move on to reflection question. All right. So we're going to use the same questions as last episode related to Love is Blind. So how well do you handle change and the unexpected? Not
1: well at all.
0: Yeah, I can see that, Miss Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, change in the
1: unknown. Are my enemies.
0: Oh, well. I don't like that. It depends on what the change is. I don't like surprises, but I definitely welcome change. So, number two, how well do you handle disagreements?
1: I feel like I handle those very well. Okay. I think I'm willing and sensible enough to hear another person out and still respect them. I don't know if you know this about me. I am not, like, a loud, boisterous person, like, when it comes to interacting with folks either. So, if it's not an even tone, if I feel like I even have to give a little bit more effort (laughs) to (laughs) maximize my volume, I'm walking away. When you cool down, maybe we can have a conversation again, but I'm not doing this.
0: Yeah, I can't can't see you hollering at somebody.
1: That would be a wild thing to experience. Like, what is going, What
0: is wrong with her? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> if you ever experienced that.
0: And y'all, Megan keep a gun so you know she keep the peace. Amen? Amen. <laughs> All right, number three. Do you want a family?
1: That is a good question. I want my version of family. So what does your version of family look like? Having my life partner, not necessarily having any more kids, but us being auntie and uncle of the year every year.
0: You know? (laughs) Because I remember before you left, there was a small little itty bitty segment where you was kind of like, you know, kids are cute.
1: I think I was experiencing baby fever.
0: Yeah, because your newborn nephew. Because of my new little
1: fresh nephew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then, like, I went to the lady doctor and I was like, you're right. Not a fan. Mm -hmm. It's only gonna get worse if I were to be pregnant.
0: Yeah. Y'all can keep it. Cause (laughs) y'all, Megan is so short, if she had a belly, I can't imagine. (laughs) She would be like a weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Just wobbling (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) I could just see it.
1: Getting everywhere takes ten years. Little penguin.
0: (laughs) Yes. All right, number four. How do you handle drifting apart from your partner?
1: Ooh. Yeah. Not well. Really? Oh.
0: <laughs> um, I would think you were a person, you like your space.
1: I like space, but I feel like if you need even more space, then it's just like, wow, what is going on? Because I'm not clingy or anything like that. So like, how much space you do you need? Because it just sounds like you want to be a um,
0: I understand. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, lastly, how do you express love?
1: By being kind of protective, kind of taking on, like, super nurturing vibes. Yeah, you
0: you be cooking, so it's definitely acts of service for you. I actually lied, so this is the last one. When are your moments when you feel the uh, most love?
1: When folks just think of me out the blue and they hit Aww. me up. So it's just like, oh, you crossed my mind. And it's like, oh. So sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's like a good thing. Like when you randomly reach out and you got some some not so great things going on. You don't have to reach out to me. Yeah. I don't want to be that first
0: person. <laughs> keep that energy. You know, keep it over there. Mm-hmm. But if
1: you're having good, like
0: happy, fluffy thoughts, like,
1: oh, you thought of me. Yes.
0: Yeah. absolutely all right well thank you so much megan for coming in and sharing your story
1: thank you all
0: right so would you like to promote i know you don't be on social media like that i
1: was about to say i don't but i share the story uh-huh <laughs> only three people gonna see it <laughs> it might just be the right three people
0: period well, all right. You can also follow my podcast at A Whole Mood Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate my podcast anywhere you get your favorite podcast. I'm Alon. That's Megan. A Whole Mood.